the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by the Allworth Law Firm. Lamentations 521 tells us, Turn us back to you, O Lord, and we will be restored. Almost everyone is dealing with recovery of some sort. It could be from addiction, pain, divorce, sin, separation, depression, job loss, or being stuck in the cycle of shame, guilt, and destructive behavior. Recovery through a relationship with Jesus Christ is the foundation of healing and growing anew. Listen as Pastor Allworth shares how the healing power of a personal relationship with Christ has turned his life around, will help you and your loved ones recover and be restored in his name. God wants you to walk out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. Keep listening. Recovery Through Christ with Pastor John Allworth starts now. Good afternoon, Southeast Texas. I hope you're enjoying a little cool weather because it's about to get hot for a long time in Houston, Texas. So, But it's changing right now. I can't believe how warm it was earlier in the week for February. God is good. We've had some beautiful days and a little nice to get a little breeze and a little cool off a little bit because, like I say, it's fixing to be a scorcher. Hey, I'm excited to be here today. Uh, this is Pastor John Allworth. Uh, sometimes we have to play... Uh, reruns and so but this is live this is live it's what's today Corey? today is february the 20 28th so we're live here on february 28th at the kkht studios and i'm super excited you know i am so excited about what god's done for me uh called me out of the darkness and into his marvelous light not i'm not perfect i'm not trying to say that but my life is so much different now than it was before I gave my life and my heart to Jesus Christ, and I'm so thankful for it. And so, you know, when I preach, I have a tendency to want to preach the whole Bible. I'm just so excited about it. I came to to Christ kind of later in life, and I'm just so excited about what Jesus has done for me. You know, he says in John 10, 10, he says, The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, and I have come that they may have life and may have it abundantly. Now, that abundant life to me today is different than what it used to be. Um uh, and, uh, you know, the thief did come to kind of kill, steal, and destroy me uh, through the, through addiction and through the things that I was doing in my life that weren't godly. And, and I'm so grateful to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So like I say, when I preach, I want to preach the whole Bible. And today I want to, I want to do the same thing. I've got so many things on my mind. Uh, before I get going, I want to tell you that next week I'm really excited also. I'm going to have Pastor Frankie Mazapika on from Celebration Church uh, up in the Woodlands as a guest. He's written a book called Ignite Your Life, 14 Powerful Things That Happen When You Pray. It's a wonderful book. I've read it. It's got a forward by Pastor Joel Osteen. Pastor Mazapika is on uh He's actually the son of my pastor. He's a, a good friend, and he's he's got a uh, on TBN uh, on Sundays. He's got a powerful ministry, and we're blessed that he's going to join us. So, uh, and I was going to talk about that today, but we're going to have him on uh, himself. So we'll save that for next week. So again, ignite your life. Fourteen powerful things that happen when you pray. Um, you know, just real quick, I was in our Break Every Chain meeting, which meets on Thursday nights at New Covenant Church at 901 Wilson Road. By the way, you're invited. You're invited if, if uh, 
you're struggling, you're, you're invited if you're in your recovery and you want to strengthen your recovery, you're invited if you just want to help make disciples of all nations. We meet at 7 p.m. every Thursday night. And one of the one of the participants there is a pastor, because uh, not everybody that comes has suffered from addiction. Uh, people come to help others, as, as we all should. And Pastor John Hammond, who was on last week, was it last week, Corey? Yeah, you were gone uh, last week. And he had a copy of this book, because in this book, Pastor Mazapika asked, everyone to send a copy to a prisoner and john is is one of the leaders of hope for all in jesus prison ministry and he came across this book while he was in prison somebody sent it to a prisoner and so we had a man there that in our meeting we had 14 men in this particular meeting we 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 have a biblical message which i'll be given this week by the way and it alternates but and then uh then we break into men's and women's group and we had 14 men there and one of the men was really struggling. I mean, you could actually smell alcohol on his on his breath, and and he was struggling. He asked, "Where can I get a copy of that book?" And Pastor John leaned over and gave him a copy of the book, gave him his copy, and said, "I'll order another one." And then we laid hands on the man and prayed for him, and and uh, I think God's gonna I think God's gonna eventually deliver him. So, one of the things I wanted to talk about today is we're going to talk about some numbers. We're going to talk about the number seven, and we're going to talk about the number twelve. Uh, because I've got a, I just wrote this out right before. I've got a seven-point plan for deliverance or freedom. And that's one: establish a relationship with Jesus Christ. Two: ask for deliverance through the Holy Spirit. Three: spend twenty-five percent of the time you spend in addiction on recovery. Once you, once you're once you're free. Four: utilize every tool in the toolbox, including twelve steps, all kinds of fellowships, whatever you can do. Uh, I'm in favor of it all, counseling, therapy, whatever you need, whatever helps you. That's what we do at the Open Door Mission. Utilize every uh, tool in the toolbox. Five, engage in fellowship, 12-step groups, men's and women's ministry. And do not forsake the gathering of the of the assembly. Go to church and get, get involved in your church. Six, replace addictive activities with healthy activities, things that are fun. I mean, you'd be surprised once you're free of bondage from addiction all the time that you have to do fun things. Go to movies, play golf, uh, play miniature golf. I don't know, uh, you know, do go to the beach, whatever healthy activities. Replace those addictive activities with healthy activity. Read your Bible. That's a healthy activity. Uh, listen to sermons. Listen to gospel music. Do, do whatever it is that's healthy. Read read fiction books, whatever you like, or nonfiction. Learn things. So replace addictive activities with healthy activities. And number seven, help others, because that's really when recovery starts to take hold is when you take other, help others. And that's what we see in the 12 steps. Now, this program is Recovery Through Christ. So 12, obviously, is another biblical number, 12, 12 disciples. Uh, there's all kinds of 12s in the Bible, uh, and uh, just like there's seven, seven days is, is makes a whole thing. So that's why I came up with a seven-point plan. But the 12 steps, a lot of people that are faith-based, believe in faith-based recovery, kind of take a, a, a dim look at the 12 steps, shall we say. But I don't think they're really examining where the 12 steps come from. Because you see, the reason the 12 steps are powerful is because these 12 steps, these principles are out of the Bible. And I'm going to prove that to you if you listen to the, to the rest of this program. So the 12 steps is originally initiates from a group called the Oxford Group back in the early 1900s. And this Oxford Group was clearly, it was a religious group. It was a, a completely religious group. 
And uh, it was in the 1920s and 30s, the Oxford Group movement became a revolutionary answer to anti-religious reaction following World War One. And they didn't have a leader. They believed that their leader was the Holy Spirit. So they did have a leader. I misspoke. So, so confidently did the belief uh, group believe in the guidance of the Holy Spirit that it had no organized officers, but instead relied on God control. We kind of do that at our Break Every Chain ministry. We we didn't, you know, the reason we're Break Every Chain, there's not, again, I, I, I'm i not going to criticize any group that's on recovery. And and uh, what's, the, what's the big one? Uh, there's a big group that meets in lots of places for out of Rick Warren's church, and I'm getting old. I can't remember the name of it right now. Nothing against them, but we didn't want to be have to follow their curriculum exactly. So we wanted the Holy Spirit to be in control. That's why we established Break Every Chain. So we had that in common. And the Oxford group, they they their teachings rested on six basic assumptions: one, human beings are sinners. Uh, the Bible tells us we've all fallen short of the glory of God. Two, human beings can be changed. Yes, they can. God can call you out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. Jesus' signature uh, ministry was deliverance, freedom. Uh, you shall know the truth, John eight thirty two, and the two, truth shall set you free, followed by eight thirty six, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Praise God. Confession is a prerequisite to change. Now, if we see in the book of James, we see James 5.16 says, Confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. What a powerful scripture because it's followed up in that same verse and says the fervent prayer of a righteous person is powerful indeed. Wow. Coupled together, those are powerful sentiments. Confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. And the fervent prayer of a righteous person is powerful indeed. Amen. Uh, the changed soul has direct access to God was the fourth principle. The age of miracles has returned. That was the fifth. I'm going to come back to that in a second. And six, those who have been changed are to change others. You know, I don't know if we really change others. I might disagree with that a little bit. The Holy Spirit does. But you know what? We can be what Second Corinthians 5, chapter 5 uh, says, and that is be Jesus' ambassadors, or what six one says, Second Corinthians six one says, God's co-workers. Oh wow, that just sends that just gets me so excited to be God's co-worker. What could be better than that? So the age of miracles has returned. You know, you may say I've never seen a miracle. I've got relatives who are struggling with addiction, and they they never get any better. I've never seen a miracle. Um, I tell you what, come hang out with me for a little while. Go over to the Open Door Mission. 60% of the guys that work at the Open Door Mission are graduates of that program. God is still in the miracle business, and I see it all the time. Uh, it just takes faith. It, it's a wonderful thing. So those are the six principles of the Oxford Group. And out of that, the two followers of, of Alcoholics Anonymous, the original creators, Bill W. and Dr. Bob, uh, went to these Oxford Group meetings and, and learned a lot of things. And from that, evolved into these 12 steps first they came up with six steps we admitted that we were licked and that we were powerless over alcohol you can put in whatever it is you you are struggling with it doesn't even have to be an addictive substance but you could put in we were powerless over pornography we were powerless over cocaine we were powerless over anger you can put in anything we made an inventory of our defects or sins we confessed or shared our shortcomings with another person in confidence Four, we made restitution to all those we had harmed by our drinking. Five, we tried to help other alcoholics with no thought of reward in money or prestige. And six, we prayed to God for the power to practice these precepts. So a lot of people don't like the 12 steps because they see, they see this God uh, 
um, of my understanding. You know, I, I get that because there is no God of our understanding unless we've read the Bible. That's who God is. God's given us his autobiography, his Bible. There's only one God. There's only one way through to that God, and that's through a relationship with Jesus Christ. So I understand the umbrage there, but they wanted it to be open to anybody of any faith, and I can understand that desire too. Now, in our ministry in Break Every Chain, we've rewritten the 12 steps. For example, number one says, we've admitted that we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Okay, in our ministry, we say we admit that without Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are powerless over our addictive or codependent behavior, and our life has become unmanageable. So the way we practice those 12 steps, we put Jesus Christ in the middle of it, the Holy Spirit in the middle of it. And, you know, I I go to different 12-step groups, and the ones that I belong to, nobody's getting mad if I say Jesus, (laughs) because I'm going to say Jesus. (laughs) If they get mad, I don't care. But anyway, um, you know, there there are lots of 12-step groups around town where you just got to find the right one. There's some that, you know, people will don't get mad if you say God, because God's all throughout the book of AA and, and, and the big book and everything else. But in any event, you got to find the group that, you, that you're comfortable with. But for me, my recovery is not just 12 steps. It's also break every chain. It's also my men's group, men's fellowship that at the church I go to. So what I'm my fifth uh, of the seven points was engage in fellowships. And that includes faith-based fellowship that includes AA meetings that includes or whatever your problem is um it might be uh there's a group called uh, saa which is sex addicts anonymous because a lot of people in our society are suffering from sex addiction so what we're going to do now is is we're going to go through the first seven steps and i'm going to show you why each of these steps are based on biblical principles and if they're practiced the pr- proper way that's where they get their power because they come from God. They come from the word of God and that's where their power is. And the reason we're going to go through seven is, is because the men of the open door mission have a fourth step retreat, not this weekend, but the following weekend. And I'm going from here to talk to the men at the open door mission, which is by the way, is a wonderful program. It's a 110 bed facility that has uh, takes in addicted and homeless men. And if the men go all the way through the, program can last anywhere from 16 weeks to 24 weeks, depending on a man's progress. And if people go through the program, they end up with a job. They end up with, if they don't have their GED, they can get their GED. They end up with counseling and and they end up with, we hope, a, a lifelong relationship with Jesus Christ. And they end up with a place to live. They can live for another almost year there at the mission. And, uh, at, at um, across the street and they end up with a job and they become taxpaying productive citizens who now are anchored. Uh, Jesus says in, in the sermon on the mountain chapter seven, he says, build your house on a rock. Now they've got a rock. And like I said earlier, 60% of the men that work there well, are graduates of the program, which is just, I, I just, I get blown away by that. I think it's so awesome talking about seeing miracles. So in any event, uh, if you've got somebody that in your life, either yourself or a loved one that needs faith-based rehab, there's, there's two great things about faith-based rehab. One, it, it introduces you to Jesus in a positive way and establishes that vertical relationship. Remember my earlier steps, establish a relationship with Jesus Christ. Number one and two, ask for deliverance through the Holy spirit. Okay. So that's the best thing. Uh, 
that because the, the focus is on that. The second best thing about faith-based rehab is it's free. <laughs> and that's pretty good because the Betty Ford Clinic ain't free. <laughs> so I've got connections with both men's and women's rehabs. You can text me at 832-475-8642, 832-475-8642. And I can help uh, get you connected or a loved one or a friend or somebody else that needs help into a free faith-based rehab that will change their lives. Um, you can also text that number if you need legal help. I resisted this for the first three years of this program, but I prayed about it. I'm not uh, Howard Stern. They don't pay me any money to be on this program. In fact, I have to pay on it for it. So the Allworth Law Firm is the sponsor. That's uh, Pastoring is, is my second job, and my, uh, I earn a living through being a personal injury attorney. And somebody told me the other day, they said, no, wait a minute. You're an attorney and a pastor. Isn't that a conflict of interest? <laughs> I said, no. Some of us do practice law with biblical principles. Uh, you can text me at 832-475-8642, and I can help you there, too. Like I say, I prayed to the Lord, and he said it was uh, a good thing. It's not really why I have this this microphone, but uh, if I get a case or two out of it, it'll help me stay on the air and pay for pay for this time so because i am so excited about what god's done to me i want to shout from the mountaintops that you don't have to live that way or your loved one doesn't have to live that way you can live a better way so step one i'm going to read a from a uh the standard 12 steps with just a little tweaking again we've rewritten them and i don't have time to go through each one of them but we admitted we were powerless over our separation from god that our lives had become unmanageable okay romans seven eighteen. i know nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature for i have a desire to do what is good but i cannot carry it out i'm going to read one scripture for each of these steps i have a paper that is eight pages long that has multiple scriptures for each of these steps because they're all biblically based and that's why they have power step two came to believe that a power greater than ourselves jesus christ could restore us to sanity. Philippians 2.13, For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. So it is God that can change our lives. You know, I might read another scripture there. It is God who can change our lives. So without God, in Paul writes in Romans, who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? And he answers it in, in chapter 8, he says, a relationship with Jesus Christ, whom the Son sets free, is free indeed. Now, those two steps combined with step three are the bedrock of the 12 steps. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care and will of God, or made a decision to turn our lives over to surrender to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I'm going to read what we, how we rewrote it. We made a decision to invite Jesus Christ into our lives. Step three, and crown him the Lord of all with no reservations. We accept God's forgiveness in the person of Jesus Christ and become born again. Praise God. I really like that. How, how that is. I give a lot of credit to that to my friend Boyd Harrell. Another story for another time. So these first three steps. Okay, we're, we're powerless and we're in our flesh, and we're sinful by nature. Uh, we, we, you know, we try over and over again to quit drinking or whatever it is that we're trying to quit. That's got us in bondage. Cause that's what it is. Jesus says, whoever s- sins is a slave to sin. It's got us in bondage. 
So we know that no human power can do this. So we, we, we believe that there's a greater power. There's a, there's a relationship with Jesus Christ that can, and we make a decision to turn our will over to him. Thy will, not mine, be done. Romans 12.1, therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, which is your spiritual worship. That's 12.1. Of course, 12.2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So that brings us to step four, where these men are going to go on this retreat. Made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Aren't we all called to do all of these four things as Christians? Aren't we always called to examine our lives and say, are we living for God or are we living selfishly? Are we being servants or are we being humble or are we being prideful? Aren't we called to do these? In fact, in Lamentations 340, we read, let us examine our ways and test them and let us return to the Lord. Amen. That is a constant process for anyone in recovery and anybody that's trying to follow Christ. Because, you know, we're, we've got a war of our flesh versus our spirit. And and we always got to take self-examination. A mature Christian looks at their actions regularly, and, and is not like the 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 Pharisee in the in what we see in Luke chapter eighteen, the 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 parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector, where you're beating your chest about how wonderful you are. No, you got to examine your way. You got to be humble. You got to look at what you're doing. I mean, and that's what those men are going to be doing. And then we admit. To God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. That's step five. Again, James 5.16. Remember, we talked about that earlier. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Uh, I mean, you, the enemy, the devil loves secrets, man. When he's got secrets, he can, he, can, he can capitalize on those. If you're keeping something secret and you know it shouldn't be out in the light, Jesus is the light. Put things out in the light. Confess those sins. It's number step six. We were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. James 4.10, humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Step seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings or our character defects. Some say, if we confess our sins, 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. These are biblical principles. And when they're practiced with the right group and the right fellowship, then then they have power. They have power because they're from the Word of God. And the Word of God can transform you. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And this is, sets forth a process through which we can apply these biblical processes. I read something the other day. One, th- I read two things about the 12 Steps. One person said it was one of the greatest inventions of the 20th century. I wholeheartedly agree with that. Another person, a psychiatrist, said it was the greatest thing to come to mankind in history. And that's that's saying a lot, but it's pretty cool. And you know what? Every single person who can hear my voice and every single person that lives in this city, this state, this nation, and this world could benefit from the 12 steps, whether or not you've ever been addicted to anything or not, because these are Christian principles. So we're going to stop with those seven we're going to stop with those seven, because I want to say one more thing. What I was going to talk about originally, and, and for various reasons it changed, but was the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of a tongue. And the tongue we read in, in Proverbs eighteen twenty one, and we read in the book of James. By the way, recovery has a lot out of the book of James. It, it, James says, 
that no tongue can be tamed by mankind. No human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. That's why you've got to ask for deliverance from the Holy Spirit. You see, people who are in addiction are telling themselves things like, I'm no good. God doesn't love me. God won't forgive me. God can't use me. Those are lies from the pit of hell. In fact, the truth of the matter is the more that you've been through, when you can walk out of it, you're an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. You have the power to be one of the most powerful warriors in the kingdom because you can go talk to people, whatever it's you've overcome, whether it's sickness or, or pride or, or addiction or whatever it is, God wants to use you to help other people who are going through the same thing and to walk through it and to show them by faith they can persevere because trials and tribulations strengthen faith. And when people see you walking through things, then they see who it is that's walking with you, and it's Jesus Christ. I want people to say, to look at you and say, I want what she has. I want what he has. And that's a relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, like I said, I could go on for another hour. I want to preach the whole Bible. I want people to walk out of the darkness and into this marvelous light. Really doesn't matter what I want, though. That's what God wants. God wants no man to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. He's so good. Listen, we love you here at Recovery Through Christ, but more importantly, God loves you more than you can possibly imagine. Good night and amen. You've been listening to Recovery Through Christ. Listen again next Wednesday at 530. If you missed any of this show, you can catch the podcast at KKHT.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.